Hey guys, it's Rita here. Before we head into today's podcast, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. We had a bit of problems with the sound this week. Bear with, I think you can kind of hear Michelle. Um, And also just wanted to give a quick trigger warning. We will be discussing some quite troubling domestic violence scenes that were in this week's episode. So if that's not for you, please avoid. Okay, let's start the pod. Hello and welcome to In The Books, a period drama podcast hosted by us two ladies. I am Michelle, I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Rita, I live in England, and I'm at Annoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter. And welcome to the second of our Anne Boleyn podcasts. If you haven't heard our previous episode on the show, what are you doing starting with episode two? <laughs> Weirdo. Go back and listen to last week's <laughs> podcast. Um, we're going to discuss the second of the three episodes in this week's podcast, and we are going to start as ever with a lengthy-ass recap. Let us begin <laughs> with Anne shooting straight up in bed. A single tear falls down her face majestically as she realises her milk has come in, wetting her nightgown. That was a bummer. Her loyal lady-in-waiting, Madge, dear sweet Madge, mm -hmm. tries to entice her out of her bed, but a still-depressed Anne lies back down and sighs. That's not happening today. After the credits, another title card announces that <laughs> Anne has just four months to live. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> we then see Anne lost in a worried trance on her throne as she hears all the vicious whispers being said about her, including God will never gift them a son and, more worryingly, nothing but a common whore. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. She's snapped back to reality by her uncle, Thomas Howard, a.k.a. the Duke of Norfolk. He's been sent by the king to see how Anne fares following her illness. He advises Anne to treat Henry well on his return from Westminster. None of your tempers, he says. Uh, you don't want to drive him into the softer embraces of... <sighs> Anne doesn't take too kindly to his <laughs> advice and begins to Loki threaten him with annulling his daughter's marriage to Henry's bastard son. <laughs> Having regained a slight sense of power for a moment, Anne takes a deep breath and smiles. You get it, Queen. Cut to Anne walking to church with pomp, circumstance, and even trumpets. Her brother is dubious about her being up and about, but Anne wants to show the people a.k.a. Henry, that she is able to fulfill her duties, one of them being Royal Monday Service, where the Thursday before Good Friday, the Queen would wash the feet of the poor and give them a purse of money. Anne goes about her service with great care and even shares a special moment with a pregnant woman whose feet she is washing, but the moment is, some, is spoiled by some crazy-ass woman running in and screaming, You're a whore! You killed our true Queen! <laughs> that's funny because this is the like five minutes into the show and she's been called a whore twice yeah Fun. yeah uh it's a bit of a buzzkill you know uh as the guards hustle the crazy lady out of the church george boleyn declares that it's time for them to leave 
Anne says she wants to go to Hatfield to see Elizabeth. If the public has turned against her, she wants to know that her daughter is safe. But I also noticed that before she left, she said, make sure that woman's body is strung up. Strung up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Cut to Anne holding her crying daughter. Oh, he's the cutest little girl. Oh, my God. Um, she laments the fact that Elizabeth no longer recognizes her. Beside Anne is her aunt, a complaining Lady Shelton, who whines about wanting a position at court and feels she is entitled to it because she let her daughter, Madge, fuck Henry. Anne snarks that she wasn't aware that that was such a chore and tells her that she is needed there in Hatfield. Wind your neck in. I know, right? And then takes a stroll. <laughs> and then takes a stroll in the gardens of the Grand House, where she happens upon Princess Mary speaking with the Spanish ambassador Eustace Chapuis, which, by the way, such a nightmare to pronounce. Uh, she also <laughs> to speak with him, but when instructed to approach her, Chapuis turns and walks off like a little bitch. Uh. Mary approaches Anne instead and explains that. He sees no queen here and ignores Mary's rudeness as she's, you know, still in mourning for her mother. Mary scoffs and tells her she knows nothing of respect, having danced around in yellow silks following her death. You know who joined her? <laughs> Your father. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anne looks at Lady Shelton like, how does this bitch know that I did that? Like, what's going on here? And Mary tells her that she has her friends at court too. Cromwell himself sent her a cross necklace that belonged to her mother. And then smiles maliciously as she tells Mary she's off to see the king, who hasn't seen Mary, his <laughs> own daughter, in years. <laughs> uh, Anne will send for Elizabeth to go to court soon so that she and Lady Shelton can both be with their daughters. As Anne turns to leave, Mary tells her that Cromwell has been working to secure her the throne, on account of her being barren. Ouch. Anne arrives back at court and lays into Cromwell for making backdoor deals with Spain. Cromwell is arrogant as hell and tells her that everything is above board, guys. It's okay. Henry's instructed him to do all of this. Anne gets right up in his face and tells him not to park in away Elizabeth's birthright. That night, Anne is up late writing letters. One of her ladies-in-waiting, Larry Worcestershire, Worcester. Uh-huh. Sorry. Worcester? Thank you. No, please. Worcester. Please. <laughs> Worcester. Worst, there's, there's no H I, in there, I, I Michelle. I feel the need to apologize on behalf of all English <laughs> names for the fact that that is pronounced Worcester. Worcester. Okay. <laughs> W-O-R-C-E-S. That's not the right spelling for that. T-E-R. Hmm. Alrighty then. Lady Worcester uh, falls asleep as she is keeping her company, so Anne generously offers her own bed to sleep in. As they bunker down together for the night, Anne tells her that she used to sleep with her sister like this when they were girls. <laughs> Anne then oh. chuckles and says they have shared much in their lifetime. <sighs> Which is a reference to them both having slept with Henry. Too gross to even think about. You know, Lady Worcester then announces she is with child. And it's not her husband's. <clears throat> it's George's, you know. Anne's brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This naturally freaks Anne out, who insists that they must all be a B 
beyond reproach and that George cannot acknowledge this illegitimate child. Anne advises to tell her husband, and no matter what, she will make sure that the baby will be raised as if they were a Boleyn. An ominous shot of birds flying overhead later. Anne receives Henry, who has had to be tricked into being in the same room as his wife. Motherfucker. God. Uh, when she offers him her hand, he refuses to take it. Motherfucker squared. <laughs> uh, she takes a deep breath, then tells him she is sorry about their baby, but she will never cower before him, and that she doesn't know how to beg for his love. Henry's frost melts as soon as she begins pressing him, because he's a dick. When they sit down together, she asks what he would give to be free of the burden of ruling for a day, and he laments that it never stops. I mean, it stops long enough for him to have 7,000 affairs, but yeah. you know. Uh, they're in need of new friends now that France is ransacking most of Europe, so it was natural for Henry to think of an alliance with Spain. When Anne brings up Cromwell bargaining over the succession, Henry looks confused. Anne's like, I thought you knew about this. <laughs> and then Henry starts screaming about Spanish bastards, blah, blah, blah. Basically, he's not best place. Anne thinks that Cromwell might be behind the plan, and the best way to get to the bottom of things is to plan a little get-together with Cromwell and Chapuis, and definitely has an appetite for destruction. <laughs> Cut to the feast. The whole court is there eating and drinking. Norris remarks that he saw Princess Elizabeth at court, and Anne explains that she sent for her daughter. Henry thinks this is spoiling Elizabeth because he takes an extremely hands-off approach to <laughs> child-rearing. But Anne explains that it's never too young to begin educating their daughter into becoming an exceptional woman. And who else is better to teach her than her mother? Henry jokes that the court couldn't handle another bullied woman. And this might be the smartest thing he's ever said. And will ever say. <laughs> it's meeting time. And Chapuis is forced to acknowledge and kiss Queen Anne's hand. So satisfying. <laughs> Cromwell openly questions why Anne is even there. And Henry is like... I invited her, dummy. Not a great start <laughs> for Mr. Cromwell. Uh, negotiations officially begin, and Chapuis says that the emperor is now willing to recognize the legitimacy of Henry's marriage. Uh, the Marquess of Pembroke, which annoys Henry, because Anne hasn't been the Marquess for like three years. Henry's like, she's the Queen England, damn it! Which makes Anne preen. Uh, nevertheless, Henry needs the marriage recognized and exchange. Charles V wants him to recognize Princess Mary as his heir. Charles V must be on crack. Henry <laughs> basically cuts off an angry Anne who's about to jump down Chapuis' throat and tells Chapuis that that is out of the question. Chapuis immediately sends an accusing look at Cromwell, but Henry screams at him to look at him instead. I'm the king, he bellows, like the megalomaniac that he is. Henry tells Chapuis that Cromwell has greatly overstepped his authority, and then turns to Cromwell and tells him he is more than willing to remind him of his place. Ooh. Ooh, sis. Mm-hmm. As Cromwell turns to leave, he is stopped by Anne, who can't help twisting the knife a little further, and makes it clear she will be taking over 
as Shapui's bestie from now on. Cut to the dance, thrown in the honor of the alliance that they still haven't agreed to. A little weird, but, you know, work with work with them. Uh, everyone at court is partying down, especially Anne, who is dancing gaily with a series of men, including, of course, some of the men she will be accused of sleeping with. Henry watches her happily, and when she finishes her display on the dance floor, they begin drinking and canoodling together. But even this moment of marital bliss is undercut by Henry watching Jane Seymour out of the corner of his eye. He seems impressed by her demure refusal to dance. But that doesn't stop him from making out with Anne in front of her. Of course. Cut to the after party that has made its way to Anne's chambers. Everyone is there, including Jane, who is sat in a quiet corner being an introvert again. Life of the party. Mm-hmm. A boy enters with a message for Miss Seymour, and she leaves the room, and, naturally curious, follows to eavesdrop on a very unwelcome scene. It seems Henry's offered Jane an expensive gift in exchange for becoming his lover, but little Miss Butter wouldn't melt, the Butter reference is important, guys, refuses <laughs> on the grounds there's no gift comparable to her virtue. I mean, gag me. Uh, she would prefer a respectable and advantageous marriage. Um, um, not very happy. Heads back to the party and immediately down to drink. She now looks more than a little tipsy as she realises that a dramatic scene has taken place between her mother, not her mother, her brother, <laughs> and sister-in-law while she was gone. They're arguing once again, so she tries to cut the tension by joking with Norris. She tries to get him to flirt with Jane, but he flatters Anne by implying her beauty surpasses all others. A gallant remark no doubt intended to flatter his queen, but Anne jokes that he's looking for dead man's shoes, aka trying to fuck her. She begins to laugh at what is obviously a joke, but the whole room looks horrified at her remarks like she just killed a baby in front of them and Norris clearly upset makes it clear he would never betray the king and leaves the party just abruptly and awkwardly thank you Norris for making it worse the next morning a depressed Anne waits to encounter Norris outside of the gardens she asks why he didn't join the king on his hunt this morning, and Norris makes it clear that he wasn't invited. Norris has been frosted out. She explains that she was just joking the previous night, and that they can't let the king be infected by idle gossip. He looks sympathetic, but clearly wants to give her a wide berth from now on. That evening, Anne stares at the fire in her bedchamber in a trance. Beside her, Lady Worcester complains that her husband is not allowing her into his presence. She would prefer to be with George and declares that she would do anything to bring up her child with him. A distant-looking Anne offers to give her any sum she needs so that she can go to the country and bring up the child in peace. I mean, damn, seriously. Like, woman, shut up. <laughs> Take that offer. Yeah. Lady Worcester requests or rejects this. She wants George. <laughs> Well, he's when married. Anne, when Anne tells her to live in the real world, she is angrily told to look to her own marriage. The king has requested Miss Seymour to be moved into lodgings connected to his own bedchamber. I love the implication that this is Anne's fault somehow. Honestly! <laughs> oh, this, this, this is just uh, uh, more to come. 
A furious Anne makes her way to Henry's room and finds him gone. Angry, she begins destroying his things and crying. We've all been there, sis. Henry then walks into the room like, wait, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Anne rushes into his arms, thankful that he isn't knee-deep in Jane Seymour, I guess. But she pulls back from the embrace and declares in disgust that he smells of her like melted butter which is honestly kind of a gross smell. What the fuck? Uh, What is going on with her hygiene habits? Anyway, (laughs) when she calls Henry disgusting, he becomes angry and accuses her of behaving scandalously herself and screams that she's been nothing but a good partner to him. But he goes ballistic and screams that she's not his partner. He plucked her from obscurity and she was nothing before him. In return, she accuses him of misleading her into thinking their marriage could be different. Then he's like, you promised me sons, Uh, which is a low blow seeing as she just lost a child like last week. So she slaps him. He then grabs her by the neck, pushes her into a wall and begins to choke her and begs him to do it. And he struggles trying to like will himself to kill her, but he can't. Um, he lets go and rolls her eyes and calls him pathetic. A perfect match for the little mouse. She then storms out of the room and I was like, I love her. I that do was too. Perfect. But damn, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just signed your own death warrant. Yeah, pretty much. Killer line. <laughs> Anne heads back to her room where she finds Lady Shelton waiting for her after being attacked by her husband. She's understandably not in the mood for company and asks her to leave. Lady Shelton gets her back up about being told what to do by Anne all the time. Like, she's the Queen of England. What the fuck do you expect her to do? Like, be your bestie? Anyway, Lady Shelton decides to stand menacingly over Anne's bed. (laughs) Fun! Yeah. It's now day. Anne has been drinking excessively and dressing herself incredibly slowly to attend a joust. As she fusses over which earrings to wear, George impatiently reminds her that she should be joining the king. Anne is like, fuck that, where's my lute player, I need a song? When she realizes he is given leave to ask Lady Worcester to play them a ditty. Then wonders if Lady Worcester is too heavy with child to have any fun anymore. All three members of the love triangle are in the room with her, and she snidely remarks that it's a sensitive subject for them which is bitchy, but also not untrue. She finally decides to go downstairs, but her equally bitchy sister-in-law declares that it's over your grace in such a melodramatic tone that you knew a metaphor was coming. Apparently, the joust is over as the king left quite unexpectedly. She is repeatedly told he's gone and Anne looks distressed. The sound of the scene cuts out and birds can be heard overhead. It's all quite hashtag pure drama. Pull that reference for you. (laughs) Cut to later, Anne is distractedly embroidering a phoenix when she stabs herself in the thumb. Voiceovers of more nasty things being said about her play in the background. She is surrounded by her forlorn-looking ladies-in-waiting. Jane notices uh, the queen is bleeding and offers her a handkerchief. A message arrives. She has been sent for by her uncle and Lady Shelton is to accompany her. She gets up to leave, and an emotional Madge begs her to be careful. 
which is quite intense for someone who's just going downstairs. Madge shares a knowing look with her mother. Anne begins to look concerned, so Madge finishes her sentence with a rather less obvious, it is cold out. Jane also clearly knows and refuses to meet Anne's gaze. Outside, Anne meets her uncle, uh, Janie's brother, Edward Seymour, and Thomas Cromwell. She is told that they have a warrant for her arrest. She stands accused of treason. They will be accompanying her to the tower. She asks if she's going to be allowed a trial. She is. She declares that the world will know her innocence in due course with the energy of a woman who already knows she's a goner. Anne follows her uncle with great dignity and the confident body language of a queen, but her face shows all of the shock and despair that she is feeling. She climbs into the barge that will transport her to prison and sits next to the man responsible for it all, Thomas Cromwell. Fuck you, Thomas Cromwell. Oh! <laughs> that was an episode. What did yeah. you think of it? Oh my god, I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was so pissed off throughout the whole damn thing. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, we all know how the story goes. Um, hmm. It was horrible. Yeah. It reminds you that, like, these were real people and it's not just a story. Like, yeah. when they were living it. Yep. They didn't know what was about to happen. Yeah. Oh, and it's just terrific. Oh. I found it really weird because about halfway through, I realized I was really enjoying myself and enjoying, like, Anne getting the upper hand. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, this is great. It's like, oh, shit. I remembered the actual like, premise. Oh, shit. No, this is not because she's digging her own grave right now. The the scene, and I know we'll we'll get into scenes and storylines um, in um, just a bit, but the scene where, you know, she is in the room with all of the folk and the, the tension is thick because the argument had just happened with the uh, George and Lady Worcester and, you know, the whole nine yards. And when she goes to make that little quip to uh who's he what's it what's his facey norris norris yeah. thank you uh it was just like oh no you no you just did you didn't just say that yes you did you did say that it's one of those things where like if if she had said it on different circumstances everyone would mm -hmm. have just laughed and it would have been fine but they're looking to get rid of her and she's not being careful this is the thing that biographers are always like blame her for it's like she's sort of careless with her words and i'm always like but she was like that before like how is she supposed to know how is, yeah it's like how is this any different than how she was prior to all of yeah. this you know it's, it's like, like it, everyone expects her to know that she's she's she, like how is she supposed to know her husband's about to try and get her mad it's like that's not something that's on people's radar at all times. I mean, although, you know, I'm sure that, you know, the argument could be could be said that the, you know, she wound up having a stillborn child uh, that, you know, <laughs> the penny would have dropped and it would have been like, okay, you know, shit just got real and you need to be, you know, walking around on eggshells if you want to continue breathing on this planet. But... 
that's honestly not in her nature, though. It's also, like, not how she came to become so powerful. I yeah. think it's very hard yeah. to change your personality overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they explained that really well in that scene with Henry, where she's like, I don't, I won't cower to you, and I don't know how to beg for love. Yeah. Um, I loved that scene. I thought that was a really great explanation for her behavior. Because mm-hmm. a lot of, I think a lot of people would have been like, okay, well, just cower in submission and beg for your life. And she's just like, no. I'm not going to do that. That's not who I am. That's not who I. That's never been who I am. I have respect for that, even though it ultimately gets her killed. It's um. Yeah, I said that the or the 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 episode was horrible, but in all in complete honesty, it was a a brilliantly done episode. I think also making us like it really lulls you into thinking things are fine. You know, she's having parties and Mm -hmm. um getting the upper hand and then like the downfall happens so swiftly and quickly and like inevitably yeah. at the same time that it yeah. it makes it have more of an impact i think if we'd gone from like l- the ending of last week's to her getting arrested mm-hmm. it would have felt it wouldn't have been as like traumatic <laughs> like yeah. it would have just felt inevitable but the fact that there are highs and lows and like oh it just makes it worse oh this is so sad yeah um, storylines. So Anne and Henry. I really, tragically, I loved all their scenes together. Um, mm-hmm. where they're reconciling. Mm-hmm. They had such great chemistry, and you could see like all this history between them. I think um, Mark Stanley was turning on his Babington-like charm again. Yes, <laughs> he was like hurt eyes on. Um, <laughs> and I was just like struggling with the knowledge that he's actually like an evil twat who's about to have her murdered um because i was like but he looks so nice (laughs) it's just misunderstood (laughs) oh gosh then i was like well that's very reminiscent of um the cycles of abuse that you have you know there's stages where there's like the tensions building and you know and becomes fearful then there's like an incident Mm-hmm. Um, of emotional or physical abuse and then you end up reconciling and having like the honeymoon phase the honeymoon stage which is what yeah. we saw at the beginning of this episode um and in real life henry went back and forth between being like obsessed with anne and cheating on her <laughs> over and over <sighs> again and i felt like this was a really condensed version of their whole love affair mm-hmm. um, because he would go from I love Anne and she's the queen and blah, 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 to blaming her for everything that was going wrong politically. Um, I mean, he did that like at least three or four times um, after they were married. He's yeah. just like a yo-yo. He played yeah. He played with her emotions and it must have felt incredibly disorientating for her. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of reports of her drinking excessively and, you know, erratic, erratic behavior and you know, she was starting to say a lot of provocative things. And um, right before her death, she was like hysterically laughing. So I think she was sort of emotionally unraveling, having been under the sort of uh, mental strain of being in a relationship with somebody who's so incredibly volatile. I think that's mm-hmm. just this poor woman. She can't, she couldn't cope anymore. Um, it is uh, just tremendously uh, sad. Uh, the, to see the the evolution of 
this relationship, you know, of someone who, you know, when you think about it, when Anne first comes to court and first captures Henry's um, attention, you know, it, it, she is, um, she is effervescent. She is, you know, an individual who has basically captured him heart and soul within a very short period of time and puts him through, you know, he, he goes through and basically tears down the Catholic church in, in the, in England, just in order to make her his queen. You know, none of this, of course, is her fault in the least. Uh, he's the one that couldn't keep his junk in his pants, you know, except the fact that, you know, he's married and dude, you just don't get to haul off and, uh, throw away a wife just because you want to. Um, but you know, she, she was such an incredible person, um, Mm -hmm. to come into, you know, that space and, you know, a few years later wind up leaving on a barge to the tower through no fault of her own. I was rereading her biography and they made a big point of, of like just two years earlier, she had stayed in the tower uh, ahead of her coronation because they mm-hmm. usually make the Queens of England stay there before they're yeah. crowned. And um, she stayed just a few rooms over from where she would be imprisoned. <sighs> and like the swift turnaround from like her triumphant mm-hmm. entrance into the tower to like now... Mm-hmm. about to be executed there is just it's so quick as well yeah like, this it's is... mind-boggling you know and yeah. i think that's one of the reasons why you know when they do these title cards um at the start of these episodes where you know you are basically slapped upside the head with the reality of she only has months to live it just emphasizes and how it was blisteringly fast like when you compare it to Catherine, like her downfall mm-hmm. took almost a decade. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, she clung on um, for a very long time, and she got to die of natural causes. Yeah, um, but then she was somebody who had uh, connections in Spain and mm-hmm. was an important figure. By the end, all Anne had was her brother. Like that's all all she had. Um, yeah, her brother and her father. Her yeah, I mean, because they all wind up dying the day before. Her father, no, her father doesn't die. He kind of oh, disowns her. Like, oh, he, he. I mean, he has a bit of a downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, he loses prestige and influence, but he, he's fine. Oh, I mean, he, poor Snookums. <laughs> he had basically turned against her towards the end, along with her uncle, um, which is heartbreaking as well like literally all she had was her brother and he died with her yeah yeah and he stood by her until the very very end oh bastards and i thought it was you know we talked about um henry's fragile masculinity in the previous episodes and i thought he this episode he became like a cliche you know you know looking for a younger submissive woman because he like can't handle the slightest amount of pushback from his wife um, and you know the gender norms of the time would have supported his decision because you know 
Anne's being difficult, everyone is like, don't have temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she's just <laughs> telling him the truth. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that he he liked that about her when she was his mistress. Mm-hmm. Because that suited his kind of weird chivalric ideals, like because he was he loved playing at King Arthur and the Round Table. That was his whole thing, <laughs> his shtick. Um, so you know, if his mistress is telling him what to do, that's fine because he can play a gallant knight. But if it's his wife, yeah, that's well, a problem. Oh, with that noise, <sighs> exactly. So it's just it's just some bullshit, and it's like he's in his own little fantasy world it's like he Mm -hmm. doesn't want to deal with any pushback or any emotions like he won't even come near her after she loses the baby because that would be difficult and he can't handle that oh he's too he's too fragile he's fragile he's He's a fragile boy it's pathetic and i think her assessment of him is correct (laughs) when she Mm -hmm. calls him pathetic Yes. Um, I was like, he is. He is, he is trash. And <laughs> put him in the bin. <laughs> yes, he is a trash man. He's a trash man. Just a reprehensible asshole. And speaking of reprehensible assholes, how about Mr. Cromwell? Well, I, I mean, last week I explained that Anne's political ambitions were probably more responsible for her death than her inability to have a son. And yeah. I was hoping they would explore that. And I was like, yay, watching this episode. <laughs> um, I think we really see like how their power struggle led to her death. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't explicitly see it because it's all from Anne's point of view, but you definitely got a sense <laughs> at the end. You're like, mm-hmm. why is he there? And then he looks so happy on that little barge. He's like, wee, my plan has come together. And you're yes. just like, I hate you. Great, I'm getting rid of her. <sighs> Woohoo! <laughs> Oh my god. I hate him. I have to say that, you know, I've I've seen I can't even count how many depictions of the 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 Tudor and specifically the the Henry the Eighth um reign uh in various different uh media productions. This is the first time that I felt real visceral hatred towards Cromwell. Oh, good. I, <laughs> he yeah. deserves it. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I always thought that he was a smarmy bastard, um, you know, in the other uh, productions that I've seen. But this one is, this one just takes the cake. <laughs> and I'm very happy that he gets what he's going to get. <laughs> when he openly questioned why the Queen of England was in the room, I was like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> Shut your mouth. Like, oh, he, he thinks gosh. he has more power than he has, and he gets too big for himself. Yeah. And I think that is also why later on he gets the old. Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the one I mean... thing Henry did where I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's long overdue, but y- you got around to it, so... Thanks. I wonder if Thanks, Henry James. ever realised what Thomas did, because, I mean, at some point he's got to acknowledge, well, he didn't ever, out loud. But privately, he must have realised that Anne hadn't cheated on him, and he had just been played. <laughs> like, One would hope so. Maybe he's just too delusional. 
Because he's not very good at acknowledging his own mistakes. Yeah. Publicly. No. You would hope internally he would have gone, oh, I may have mm-hmm. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> the succession shit that he did was also... Oh, dude. You know, the the whole declaring Mary a bastard and, you know, all that. I mean, we can... We could talk for hours about um, that bullshit, um, but um, you know, I really hate the way he plays fast and loose with the futures of these children of his. <laughs> you know, they're your kids, Henry. Oh, he doesn't care. Like as we saw with when Anne wants to see her own child, he's like, "You're spoiling her." <laughs> like just yeah. seeing her is spoiling her. <laughs> ridiculous but you're Uh right um i mean the he's had he had so many succession acts you you know you had the the first one declaring mary a bastard a few months Mm. after anne dies he'd put a second succession act through parliament declares both mary and elizabeth bastards uh, and then there's a third succession act a few years later (laughs) reinstates both his daughters into the line of succession um obviously edward was in first of course like it's just like, within the span, <laughs> poor Mary, within the span of a few years, she was a bastard. Yes. Then her sister she was, was a bastard. She was a double bastard. <laughs> <laughs> they were both bastards. Then, yes. I think, actually, finally, he maintained that they were both bastards, <laughs> but they could still be in line for the throne. <laughs> it was yeah. a real head fuck to think about. Um, and so it was really funny when he's like, how dare you change the line of succession? It's my crown, and it's just like this man is unhinged because he's about to he's about to change it like seven times. Yeah, it's um, like, dude, just just shut up because you you know you you are basically uh, turning yourself into a massive hypocrite. <laughs> I think like part of what happens later with um the succession drama around Edward's death and then him trying to get Lady Jane Grey to become. The mm-hmm. next queen is partly caused by Henry just fucking around with the succession so many times. You yep. see your dad to change who he wants to be <laughs> in line after him so many times. You're just going to be like, well, I can, ha- I'm supreme I can, do, I can do it. I can do the same thing, you know. It's just <laughs> a terrible precedent. He just, <sighs> a mess, a whole mess. <sighs> and then he passed it on to his kids. Um, yeah. But I was sure really enough. excited to. To see uh, Mary uh, and Shepwee, but mainly, mainly Mary. Um, the Mary actress, I, I've seen her before in Normal People and, and Dairy Girls. So I googled her and realised she is your fave's uh, daughter, Kieran Hines. Really? That makes total sense. You know, now that I am looking at her picture, I can see it. Really? I can. I think she looks more like her mother, but, you know. Well, it's the eyes. Her mother's a very the, famous, like, French actress. Yeah, it's the it's the eyes. I, I, she's really good. I thought she was fantastic. I was like, ooh, can we see more of her? <laughs> I, want, I want a spin-off that is just about her fucking shit up. <laughs> she had the attitude of somebody who had been fucked around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, like, I'm finished with the bullshit. 
that you people are throwing down. <laughs> I do find it really weird that she has, well, not weird. I think it's very predictable. She has really thrown all of her mass animosity about the way her mother was treated onto Anne. When oh, it's like, course. your father's the one that made all these decisions. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it, it, your dad was the one that, you know, came up with the whole idea of of uh, divorcing her, um, you know. Treated her quite terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, sent her off um, to a, a shitty place where it was cold and wet and then she got sick and then she died. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, Anne didn't do any of that. It was your papa. Also, I think Anne's guilty of also channeling a lot of resentment into Mary and um, especially Catherine for just being there and they're in her way. And she resents them. If Anne really thought about it, Henry could have handled the situation a lot better. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. bit? Maybe blame, mm-hmm. maybe blame Henry here, guys. Yeah, you know, but, you, you know. I mean, they can't because he's the yeah. king. He's the king, and, you know, he's infallible, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, women, root of all evil, you know, Eve, apples, snakes, the the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you promised me sons. And it's like, dude, that is up to you. But, you know, none of (laughs) y'all understand that right now, that it really has absolutely nothing to do with her and everything to do with the things you got swim around in your balls. <laughs> I wonder if maybe Mary's perspective on Anne changed as she grew older, because at the moment it seems like Anne's the problem, but then six wives later, I wonder if she's like, wait, <laughs> maybe she wasn't the problem. Maybe it was my dad. Um, and also the thing, that line about her, her being barren, I was like, ooh, you're going to regret that uh-huh. when you can't give birth. That um, is going to come back and haunt your ass, Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Your future self could see you now, Mary. <laughs> it's like it's like they're all jinxing themselves. <laughs> Literally all of them except Henry, who never has any consequences for anything. Even like Thomas Cromwell is like getting too big for his boots. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, that's going to come to bite you in the... Oh, Slater. Yes, um, indeed. It's like literally everyone, except for Baby Norris, who is a pure angel. Um, well, uh, you know, it's like we 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 all have um our biases towards our dear uh, Turlo. <laughs> I love Turlo. Well, except when he's in Poldark, yeah. Yeah, except when he's in Poldark. That man, when he shows up, he's either the sweetest or the evilest. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But it was, and I, I have to say, it uh, was a, a delightful surprise to see him in the first episode. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> when I realized who he was playing, I was like, oh, honey. No. <laughs> I don't want to see this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I don't want to see. Elizabeth slash Lady Worcester's pregnancy. Oh. So bloody annoying. Yeah. I just wanted to smack her. I wanted to come through the TV and smack this woman. Mm-hmm. She is delusional. She's a lady in waiting to the Queen that just got knocked up by the Queen's brother. Mm-hmm. She can't run off into the sunset with him. Like, what, what, what world do you think you're in? Even if they weren't married to other people, this would be a scandal. 
Yes. I mean, it's just like uh, every time she was just like, but I want to be with him. But like, can you focus? It's like, like, honey. Can you focus? We're trying to problem solve here. We're not living in (laughs) a fantasy world. Exactly. It's like, you know, you, you, you really need to get your head on straight about the situation that you are in right now, cuz. She was getting a lot of leniency, shall we say, because if I was Ad and I found out she'd got pregnant, I would have been like, bitch, you mm-hmm. in trouble. Yep. Um, I, th- I would have probably sent her out of court. Me too. And just gone, you know, you, you, need, to, you need to get out of here because you're a distraction none of us needs right now wonder if that was part of it as well because Anne was so focused on like trying to fix this problem that she didn't see the big one coming from, <laughs> from yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Focus on what's in your blind spot right now. <laughs> it's coming up. Every time she started talking I was just like, I don't care about this baby. No one cares. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It It is really kind of the least of our worries right now you know uh, although i will be interested to see what comes of all of this ridiculousness because if was she like six months pregnant at the time that Anne winds up going to um going to uh the tower i think she had to have been less i mean she has four months left and i when she's executed i think she's still pregnant so she's like six months pregnant. That's like a ten month gestation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I also don't care that much because she's just annoying. Uh, <laughs> every time we're trying to like focus on trying to keep Anne alive, she'd be there going, I just want to be with George and this baby. Uh, some of uh, us have real problems. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that, that, you know, we're going to talk about, um, Jane Seymour next. And you sent me a very funny video, uh, <laughs> earlier today about the, the Disney filter that, that you will be viewing, uh, Jane through, um, for the rest of your life. Quite frankly, I think it would, appro- would be appropriate for, for, uh, Lady Worcester as well. Oh, God. Because yeah, she true. is living in a fairy tale. Or is it just a, a giant tinfoil cap that she needs to be wearing? She needs to be worried because her baby daddy about to be whacked off. So <laughs> that's, that's a Grimm's fairy tale ending. It's not the Disney version. Seriously. <laughs> oh. That is seriously accurate. Mm. 100% <laughs> facts. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Jane Seymour, I mean, I am trying to be nice, but she's so insipid. <laughs> she won't dance. She won't speak. She just sits in the corner waiting for Henry to look at her. Like, that's uh, such a dull life. Like, girl, come on. And I, yeah, I mean, I I am, I have a real uh, issue with Mary Sue characters in general, and... She is just really working hard at this one. I mean, if if she had like violet eyes and um, you know, like raven black hair, it would be perfect. <laughs> it would be she a is perfect Bella Mary Sue. <laughs> 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 it's funny because, like, I think she was much more complicit with what was going on than she's letting on. Like that girl was 
knew she was about to be arrested. Like, that was the body mm-hmm. of Critch. She's like, I'm not looking yeah. at her, I'm not looking at her. And that <laughs> exactly. little... La, 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 la. And that thing about, <laughs> oh, I... My virtue is just too, too precious. Yes. But I would, I just want I an would like a marriage. marriage. Blink, blink. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, nudge, nudge. So, you know what you need to do, Henry? Need to get rid of this one, too. I'm, I'm, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not mad about it, because, like, she played the game. And Anne did the same. But it's really yeah. frustrating that she's always painted so angelically when, yeah. like, Anne didn't help kill Catherine. No. She may have begged Henry to do it a few times. <laughs> he never did. Um, so she can't be blamed for killing a woman. I think you can yeah. legitimately blame Jane for these events. Because you know she's complicit with her brother, her little scheming brother who's always standing oh, there. Oh, yeah. Like, Ugh. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I watched, you know, <laughs> The Tudors, which, you know, of course... Totally historically accurate. So, so yeah, especially, <laughs> especially the young, thin Henry, yeah. Yeah, you know, that may have been Henry when he was like 15. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Um, she was my least favorite of the queens. <laughs> of all of them. You know, I was just kind of like, oh my god, you're just way too, way too perfect. You know, and then for her to to die of childbirth uh, was just like, okay, oh, okay, just stop it. <laughs> I just feel like there has to be a personality underneath there somewhere, and it's really frustrating uh-huh. to, yeah. like, the mask never slips, and I just want to yeah. see what's underneath. There, there has to be hidden depth. No woman is this boring. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty insipid. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a word that is tailor made for for this character. And the contra- they made such a huge deal about her not dancing, and I was just like, but as a modern woman, I cannot find that to be a virtue. I just look at you and like waiting for a man to look at you and just think you're pathetic mm-hmm. as well. It's just yeah. like have a personality, have fun, yeah. do things for yourself that aren't all about Henry. Ugh. Yeah. And, you know, definitely playing coy. Um, so, yeah, not looking forward to seeing how things end up. I'm wondering how they're going to wrap everything up uh, on this ep- on this show. Yeah, me too. I purposefully waited until we did this recording before watching the third episode, although I was very tempted so that I can cancel my subscription <laughs> to AMC Plus because... Too many subscriptions already. You're not tempted um, by the wonderful world of AMC, who I can't think no. of any shows that they've ever made that I've wanted to watch. <laughs> Sorry, Although AMC. it's my understanding, it's my understanding that the um, television show that uh, Aiden Turner was in last oh. year, the name of which has flown out of my head, um, is on that network. And not so the Da Vinci I one. May- he was a psychologist. Yeah. He's a psychologist. Yeah. They put um, the ITV show. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so I I still have six days left. You can binge <laughs> so, that in, can that binge in like a day. Yeah. I think yeah, it, I can how binge many it. episodes is that? I think six, six or eight, something like that. It's not 
like I've crazy just long. Giggled it. It's five episodes. Hell, I can binge watch a, K- a 16 episode K drama. <laughs> uh, without yeah, any it- problem. I can I can do this. Is it the one hour, 16 episodes, or is it the 90 minute, 16 episodes? Because I can't, oh, 90 minutes. That, just, I don't know. That's too much. That I don't anyway, know. We've gone down. I will, I, but I will, I will look it up um, before I, I 86 the subscription. But anyway, but I didn't want to have the final episode clouding my thoughts around this episode, mm. um, you know, just because, you know, it was so good. I feel like all of them, well, so far, all of them, we've only seen two episodes, um, but so far they've both been quite different in tone, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, like, if the third episode is also just, like, a wild card. Um, mm-hmm. um, okay, themes. Um, did yes. you notice how many dead animals? <laughs> oh, sweet lord. Just yeah. so many shots and, of dead, I mean, dead bunny like so many, everywhere. like. Yeah, like dead bunny rabbits and dead pheasants. And, you know, of course it made me think, how in the hell did people actually survive? <laughs> how did how did they survive the times back then? Because you had to know that it was rank and stanky. Well, and... that's why everyone died so much. <laughs> oh. It wasn't just the plague. It was... That oh, terrible I mean, food hygiene standards. Nobody washed their hands. Oh, God. Honestly. All of the dead bunnies were really adding an ominous. Mm-hmm. Also, I was like thinking their fertility symbols, and everyone kept talking about Anne being barren, and I was like, oh, they've strung up the money. Yeah. That's not a good sign. Oh. And also, all those shots of birds flying overhead, I was just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, doing nothing for uh, Rita's um, phobia. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. I wonder how many ravens we'll see next week. All of them. She's in the tower. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) She's in the tower Uh, with all the ravens. Another theme was definitely uh, motherhood. I mean, the episode began with Anne grieving the loss of her child and then all the talk about raising Elizabeth and wanting to guide her education, mm-hmm. um, which is very, like, motherly. Um, yes. Then you've got Lady Worcestershire and... Uh, Talking nonstop <laughs> about her pregnancy. Her pregnancy and my baby. And then Lady Shelton mm-hmm. <laughs> being creepy, being like, oh, oh my gosh. I was yeah. waiting for her to just be... She should have been, like, underlit for all of her scenes. <laughs> I felt like she was in the final one, but that could have been the fire. Just yeah, just to just to give her that uh, um, uh, Frau Blucher kind of vibe <laughs> that you know we get in uh, Young Frankenstein. She's just yeah. she's just grim. Oh, so I was like, grim. Well, are you sure you want to get into bed while that woman's still in the room? <laughs> she's gonna murder you. Uh-oh. She's she's just oh god she's so creepy and she's been in charge of Elizabeth oh god <laughs> yeah, that's a good point to be honest Elizabeth doesn't have a great run of uh, guardians no she does not I thought that contrasted with the previous episode that focused more on like male lineages and mm-hmm. I must father a son and then you've got 
um, this week a lot more of like these women trying to protect their children. And I think that's like an aspect of Anne that we we often overlook because, she, you know, she gave birth to one of the most famous people <laughs> in history, like of the One planet. of the biggest badasses of all time. It's funny because you don't really connect them as uh, people. You don't ever think like that's her mum and like the mm-hmm. legacy of her life would have impacted Elizabeth so much. And it's an important part of who Anne was as well. But, you you know, it's not very often discussed, like, because Elizabeth never really openly discussed her mother because she got the old head chopped off. Uh, It would be a bit awkward to be like, my dad was a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know, she didn't know her. She was too young to even remember her, I'm certain. She must have had stories about her, though. Oh, I'm sure she heard stories. A lot of the courtiers were still around when um, yeah. Elizabeth was on the throne, which is weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just having memories of one's mother, um, you know, to kind of carry forward, you know, throughout your life, um, you know, and she didn't have those, which is really just kind of heartbreaking. But then... Again, you think about, you know, the fact that she didn't have her mom. She had pretty fucked up, uh, as you, you know, you said a few moments ago, fucked up history with her um, guardians. Stepmother um, you know, as well, technically. Yeah. Yeah. All of the, the, the queen, the stepmoms that she had, plus, you know, everybody else. And, you know, for her to wind up becoming the person that she was is a testament to who she is or who she was i think part of um her strength was that she never married and i think that was also yes in huge part because the legacy of her parents like that if mm-hmm. you were the child of that situation you would not be jumping into <laughs> would a marriage. you want to get married i don't think so yeah oh shit oh gosh um, so well partnerships and alliances yeah yeah, well, huge em- emphasis on partnerships. I mean, ang- Anne angrily yells at Henry, I've always been a good partner to you! Um, and, like, in essence, partnerships like share responsibility and liability for everything. Henry can never be a good partner to anyone because he will never take responsibility. Ultimately, he'll always pass on the buck. And... He now kind of has to because he's made himself not only king but kind of like a semi-god-like figure where he's like mm-hmm. infallible like the Pope. So there's no – he can't ever acknowledge a mistake. And I thought that was interesting because when he first met Anne, I felt like he was simply a, a person. He was in a position of power but he was allowed to make mistakes and, he, and show vulnerability. And it's interesting to me that to make their marriage possible, he's basically made it impossible for him to be a good husband <laughs> because <he's, laughs> now he can never ever acknowledge he can that never he be make... get, that he is infallible. Yeah, you know, that he is fallible. He, yeah, yeah, it's it, just he can't a do weird. It. Yeah, conundrum. That is Isn't that ironic. Uh, <laughs> it's ironic. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, uh, boy, that that's uh, well, you really put your foot in that one, didn't you, Harry? one of the many things that henry did not think through (laughs) 
Oh boy, and it's just gonna get worse for him from here, from there on. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it just Ooh, goes downhill from there. Oh, Anne of Claves, my heart. Oh, poor Anne of Claves. Yeah. I, I mean, I, arguably, I she feel gets so out of the deal much better than anybody else. Just... <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want to marry she you. She winds anyway. up. Yeah, she winds up coming out of the uh, on the other side of that, sitting really pretty. Um, and you know, good on you for escaping the the clutches. Make a series about her, like make a series about Anne of Cleves just sitting in her house, drinking her tea, being unbothered, <laughs> and watching the spectacle. Watching is Catherine Howard. <laughs> She's like, oh, he God. did what to Catherine Howard? <laughs> Whoa. He's like, that oh, would be fun series. <laughs> oh God, what an idiot! Um, he he is an idiot. We talked about Ross Poldark being an idiot, but man, uh, he's got nothing on on Henry. Nothing. Favorite scenes. I loved the the opening scene. Um where we see her wake up and, you know, she's in a milk-stained gown. She is clearly in the depths of grief. Um, I thought it was an incredibly powerful scene, um, you know, and one where she didn't speak a line, but she said, she said volumes just with her facial expressions, her body language, the whole nine yards. I thought it was incredibly beautiful and tragic um all at the same time um but that was one of my favorite scenes we talked about the scene where henry and anne are you know in their honeymoon bubble stage after the the emotional damage that had been done by henry basically (laughs) failing to uh go near her after uh the loss of their son I thought that was a, a beautifully done scene. I really enjoyed the the party. Um, yeah. You know, b- before everything before everything went sideways. Um, you know, I thought that that was beautiful um, and beautifully shot. Um, how about you? What were some of your favorites? I think my favorite was the scene um, in the gallery room where Henry gets to the bottom of what's going on with Cromwell and Chapuis. Um, yeah. I love political intrigue anyway, and <laughs> it was just nice seeing Anne in a position of power. I think it it highlighted how good she is at sniffing out intrigue. I think her instincts mm-hmm. were pretty fantastic. And if yeah. Henry was smarter, he would have kept her around because she yeah. I even realized she had a she had a way of sniffing out a traitor. But you know, history's shown her to be right about some of Henry's ambassadors being double crosses. And I think um I think English history in particular has shown that women are actually much more effective rulers. And I think Anne as Queen Consort was a little bit of a badass and I su- mm-hmm. love and support her. Um yeah. plus it was just nice to have that moment where he's like, She's Queen of England and I was like, Yes she yes. is <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you for actually standing up and yeah thank you for actually standing up and saying something about that how about least favorites um i think there should have been some kind of trigger warning for the scene where they were where he choked her um yeah maybe there i do was too when it aired, but they didn't have it on amazon prime which is where i watched it and i was mm-hmm. like not prepared i mean yeah having said that i think it's imp important scene um and i think it furthers the argument that 
this was definitely an abusive marriage. Um, I wouldn't want them to shy away from showing it. It's just very sensitive viewing and I would have preferred them to have like a little depict scenes of violence or something in the corner or something. So I yeah. think like, they do that for Netflix. I think they need to implement it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I was watching it on, um, actually it was uh, YouTube, their premiere setup that they, the partnership that they have with AMC. And I don't remember seeing a warning for it. But yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty shocking when it happened. Um, you know, and I would I would uh, obviously recommend that we probably put something um, yeah at the the top of the of this episode to just kind of prep folks. I mean, you know, granted, we're talking about a woman who's about to get her head chopped off, yeah. but still, I just think with them, I don't know. It's just because specifically of how intimate it's like intimate partner violence it was it was it was just it was shocking and it went on for quite a while to be fair um i was like please stop please stop please stop no no he's still he's still going for it yeah yeah they did it they did a great job with that scene and i bet it was a hard scene to shoot um yeah but uh but damn god you've got to think about poor jodie turner smith this she was just postpartum when she shot this so what yeah she'd just given birth to a daughter so like to go through the emotional upheaval of all of this would have been hard wow yeah just a tad (laughs) (laughs) she's incredible um yeah yeah what about you um i think that was that was um probably my least favorite um for the same reasons that you mentioned that was a, a difficult scene to watch, um, yeah. and I think I could have done with fewer dead animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think one or two would have cut it. Yeah, uh-huh. you, yeah, that, very heavy handed. Would have gotten the point, uh-huh. yeah. especially after the horse killing of last week. Like, can we? Yeah, he's back yeah. the animals. He, yeah, yeah. Okay. What about favorite uh, favorite costumes? We finally get to see that emerald green dress that I've seen in countless images online. Um, and it was absolutely glorious. I adore the fact that they are going, they have not spared the palette uh, <laughs> um, when it comes to costuming for um, um, Anne Boleyn uh, for this uh, episode or for this series. That we get all of these gorgeous jewel tones um, that are beautiful, but yeah, the the green dress. I'm just like, yes, give me more, give me more. I really liked um, the red number at the at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a dramatic dress for a dramatic ass moment. Um, yes, I know this show thrives off heavy metaphor, so the red was a very good thematic choice but it, i i love the sleeves it was very voluminous and then like the hidden black underneath was uh-huh. she looked regal and yeah and i'm glad she gets to go out in style i do too with her little bee necklace on yeah i love the fact that the the necklace it looks like it's hammered gold it does doesn't it yeah as Textured. opposed to the you know the traditional bee with the pearls 
um, underneath it. It's it looks hammered gold, which is it's beautiful. But I'm a I'm a junkie for for that kind of jewelry. Anyway, her necklaces have been so good. I mean, I don't think they're very period accurate, but I think they just work much better. I'm yeah. like, sis, everyone should have been wearing chunky necklaces. It just looks better with that <laughs> neckline. Yes. None of this dainty shit. Go for a look. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah, don't don't have time for the dainty crap. Give us the chunk. We need the chunk. So performer of the episode for me was still Jodie Turner-Smith, I think. Um, the moment where she's walking towards the boat is one of the best moments mm-hmm. of acting I've seen in a really long time. She managed to look like someone whose blood has just rushed to her head and she's like filled with adrenaline and shell-shocked. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. another actress would have gone really over the top, but her choice was really like nuanced and felt authentic of just like, panic has set in, but you don't know what to do. <laughs> just like deer in headlights sort of. Oh shit. Um, what about you? Um, uh, yeah. Um, she, she just takes the cake, uh, when it comes to, uh, performances, uh, in this, uh, series. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the, the opening scene where we see her, you know, in postpartum depression realness, un- unfortunately, um, she, she put it all out there on film and did not leave and did not hold anything back. And that is, um, that's courageous. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how things go in this final episode, um, to see where, to see where she takes it. She's going to eat, uh, and not leave crumbs. Yes. Yes. So how how many initial necklaces out of five? Oh, uh, I would give this one five. <gasps> yeah, I would give this one five. Still want more money thrown at this because <laughs> oh, I think hell yeah, like some of those scenes where they're having like a banquet and there's like ten people there look yeah. silly. <laughs> um, but in terms of like the writing and the performances, like this is everything mm-hmm. I've ever wanted about. A production to do about Anne's life. Yes. Um, yep. So five. Just they did everything they possibly could with every single penny that they got, <laughs> and you know they they wound up getting um, an amazing uh, performance given the limitations. <laughs> the, the, yes, that's a very nice way to get the limitations. I was about to say crappy ass crap, crap. but uh, yeah. the, the, the limitations that they, they wound up having to deal with. The 12 people that worked in <laughs> on production were probably you like, guys worked so hard. Yeah. yeah, you guys did a great job. Well done! <laughs> uh, let's see. Episode 3 description. So let's get into it. Locked in the infamous tower, Anne is accused of treason, adultery, and mystifyingly, incest. (laughs) Great. (laughs) She's watched by her former ally, Lady Shelton, who is secretly passing information to Cromwell. Of course she is! I'm telling you, they need to light her from below. Lady Shelton was not giving friendly vibes. We're not surprised. I don't think Anne thinks Uh -uh. she's her bestie. Yeah, and you need to disabuse yourself of that um, um, thought, quite frankly, because 
She does not have your best interest in mind. Also, like, after her uncle has just arrested her, don't be trusting your aunt. I know that Mm -mm. they're not married to each other, but still, like, family is going to betray you at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to probably cry, I think, at this episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are you looking forward to? I will have the I will have the hankies at the ready. Uh, I think that I'm I'm really looking forward to um, a powerhouse performance um, by our lovely uh, Jodie Turner Smith in the in this role. You know, I'm not counting on Henry doing a damn thing. Um, I'm surprised if we'll see him because he had such he didn't he was like I will sign the warrant and then not deal with this shit at all. Mm-hmm. It's just some cowardly bullshit, which is just typical. He's an ass. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the things that I loved about the movie Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett was when Mary uh, is executed. Seeing seeing her emotion around that, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um, I really want to see the storyline i know it sounds weird about the incest storyline but george yeah, Bellin, yeah. And i think that's going to be very moving like george and mm-hmm. and um being accused they're both going to be like what the fuck <laughs> um yeah but it's gonna be heartbreaking because yeah. uh-huh. that's like the only <sighs> other person i like <laughs> so, mm-hmm. to know he's gonna die too Oh my god, and Norris. Norris is gonna die. Oh. Yeah, because of just an just an offhanded remark. Oh god. What? Oh, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be terrible. But it'll be brilliant majestic. as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be majest we'll be majestic in our pain. Mm. <laughs> Sob. But yeah, I, I am going to watch this uh, tomorrow um, as soon as I get a chance. Um, and so I will um, emote in our uh, chat thread that we have going. Um, I won't say anything, but, you know, I'll You'll just probably be like, throw a whole bunch of... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I, I am looking forward to seeing how we this inc- uh, concludes. So um, really anxious. That's the feeling you want to have. Well, I'm anxious all the time, so, you know. It's better to be anxious about fictional things than, well, not historical <laughs> fictional things, than real yes. things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but anyway. <sighs> so, that's it from us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week discussing the final episode of the series. But in the meantime... You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates. Uh, we are uh, at In The Books Network. And if you want to reach out uh, in our inbox feature, then please email us at inthebooksnetwork uh, at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and give us a rate and review on whatever platform you use to, to find us. Um, it really does help us a lot. Uh, Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. On the first page of a story, the future seemed so bright. Then this thing turned out so evil. 
Hush, baby, speak softly. Tell me you're awfully sorry that you pushed me into the coffee table last night so I can push you off me. Try and touch me so I can scream at you not to touch me. Run out the room and I'll follow you like a lost puppy. Baby, without you, I'm nothing. I'm so lost, hug me. Then tell me how ugly I am, but that you'll always love me. Then after that, shove me in the aftermath of the destructive path that we're on. Two psychopaths, but we know that no matter how many nouns we put in each other's backs, that we'll have each other's backs. Cause we're Together we move mountains, let's not make mountains out of mohills You hit me twice, yeah but who's counting? I may have hit you three times, I'm starting to lose count But together, we'll live forever, we found the youth fountain I love, it's crazy, we're nuts, but I refuse counseling This house is too huge, if you move out I'll burn all 2,000 Square feet up into the ground, like shit you can do about it Cause with you I'm in my fucking mind, without Just you I'm out it. 